Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever.
and my label. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever or wherever you're watching or listening to us. This is the Osmo NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I am your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. Joining me as we begin this two-month odyssey for the greatest trophy in sports, and by that I mean the 36th place trophy from the Fantasy Hockey World Championships, is last year's holder of that trophy, Mr. Joshua Harris. Josh, how you doing today, bud? Exciting. Playoffs are starting. Got some great games yesterday, and then we had the Canucks game <laughs> randomly at 10.30 p.m. <laughs> like, what? I, I can't believe it. You know what does make me smile? I, maybe I'm just cruel. I love seeing Kucherov do good. It just makes the Leafs lands on Twitter squirm, and I love to see it. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting development for the playoffs they, here. They started it. Yeah, that's the thing is, okay, for people that might uh, just, you know, kind of hop in and out of DFS or whatever, um, Nikita Kucherov, who's a perennial MVP candidate, was injured all year for Tampa Bay, uh, which meant that they didn't have to put his cap hit on the books. Uh, and then they activated him after the regular season uh, for the playoffs. That was a serious injury. It was a serious hip injury. Now, it seems pretty obvious that he probably could have returned a couple of weeks ago. But the thing is, is like this sort of cap manipulation was started by the Leafs. It's called Robida Island for a reason. Stefan Robida was a defenseman for the Leafs years and years and years ago. Uh, and eventually he broke down. It was terrible. So they just concocted an injury. Uh, to take his cap hit off the books so that they can sign more players. And numerous teams have done this uh, over the years. Uh, we've seen this happen uh, with injured players, uh, you know, Nathan Horton, David Clarkson, um, you know, guys like that, Marion Hosa, Brent Seabrook. You know, some of these players have legitimate injuries. Some of them don't. Uh, that's just the way it goes. It just so happened that this year it worked out that a cop contender could add a significant piece uh, at the end of the year. But teams have been doing this uh, for as long as I've been writing about hockey. I'm sure since, you know, uh, the Devils got dinged for a 15-year contract or whatever it was for Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, you know, 12 years ago now or whatever it was. Um, this kind of cap circumvention is just something that's that's commonplace in hockey. I don't know why everybody's getting so rankled about it. I guess it's because it's a good player coming to a cup contender and not like a second-pair defenseman coming in for a, a – playoff team that scraped in hey, the, the Leafs did it too not to the Kucherov level this year with Riley Nash he was on the IR you know he's he's gonna be back for the playoffs I mean it's Riley Nash it's not Nikita Kucherov but you know I just like to see the Leafs land squirm yeah it's it, and like I just I have no problem with it I think somebody pointed out like Vancouver did the exact same thing 10 years ago in 2011 they ended up with a with a cap uh, with a roster 20 million over the cap or something like that when the when the playoffs hit like smart teams do this bad teams and dumb teams don't that's that's just kind of the way it goes um smart teams are trying to figure the way around this tampa bay figured a way around it and now here they are locked and loaded looking good uh for the playoffs it was a pretty crazy slate yet like that game in general was just an awesome game uh florida tampa bay i think we saw the scoring upside for both teams um it was kind of a dirty game. There was few hits from behind. Um, but the game that I want to talk about first is that Islanders-Penguins game because that third line for the Islanders uh, was just unbelievable. Palmieri, Pajot, and Wallstrom. I mean, Wallstrom is a guy that you and I picked 
quite a bit this year in DFS because his line down on the third line, especially once Pajot came over in the trade, was really good. Um, it's just that the problem is, is that they don't get a ton of minutes. But with Evgeny Malkin out, it seems hard for Pittsburgh to run three lines now. So uh, the depth from the Islanders really showed out yesterday. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for the Penguins all all series. I mean, even if Malkin comes back, he, he hasn't looked good all season. So, I mean, I guess they're saving grace is if Malcolm does come back, you get Carter and um, McCann going up against Isles three when they're at home. But you know, when the, when the series shifts to long Island, I mean, it's going to be a problem. And then, you know, if you have Palmieri playing to any kind of like, if he raises his play to how he does with, like with, with New Jersey in the playoffs, that line's going to be a problem. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we talked about how Komarov seems to be fitting in on the top line uh, pretty well. Uh, in that second line, Beauvillier, Nelson, Bailey, they've just been really good all year. Um, the Islanders look like a problem. Uh, if that third line can keep playing, you know, you don't expect them to score three or four goals every game. But uh, if they keep playing as well as they did yesterday, it could be a big problem for Pittsburgh. Uh, Minnesota, Vegas, that one went to overtime. Uh, Cam Talbot stood on his head, 42 saves shutout. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury looked really, really good as well. I think this is this was an important game, I think, for DFSers to see that there like there are no real bad teams in the playoffs. Like I think there were last year because you had the play-ins, so you had eight additional teams or whatever. Half the league is gone now. Like the worst teams in the playoffs, like may, or maybe some like a Winnipeg team. Um, you know, you can say uh maybe like St. Louis probably doesn't look very good, and we'll talk about them later, but there are no bad teams left. And yeah, you could say Vegas outplayed Minnesota yesterday, and they did. Flurry still had to make three or four 10 bell saves to keep that a close game. Uh, and it kind of shows, you know, some some of these games might be like lopsided, but a lot of these teams are very close together. Yeah, it was huge for the Wild to get a game in Vegas, especially because like Pacioretty is going to be coming back at some point. But when the series switches to Minnesota, you're going to get that. Uh, Joel Erickson Eckline going out against the Vegas top line for 20, 21 minutes. Like the more they play, the better the wild are going to be. Cause that line is tremendous. And they've actually been really good offensively in the past month. So this, you know, on the surface, it looks like a mismatch because Vegas is one of the best teams in the NHL, but you know, you get good goaltending from Talbot or Kakin and whoever it is like the wild are going to be right in it because that Joel Erickson Eckline is a problemo. Yeah, it is. And it, that's a good point about them getting back to Minnesota. Like, even if this is a 1-1 series going back, now you get to dictate the matchups, which effectively takes the stone line out of the equation. Um, Minnesota looking good uh, to start here uh, in this uh, 2021 playoffs. Uh, that last game, Minnesota, or not Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, lot, lots of scoring, very high scoring. Sergey Bobrovsky certainly did look very good. Uh, I'm wondering how long it might be till they go to uh, either Dreger or even Spencer Knight in that. Yeah. I mean, that game was wild. <laughs> Where's Vox? It was wild. But uh, that first period was one of the best periods of hockey all season. It might've been the best, but yeah, I, I'm not sure how long you can ride Bobrovsky here. Dridger is a better goalie. Spencer Knight's an unknown, but you know, he has played, you know, at high levels competition internationally. So you might as well give him a shot. I think they feel obliged to play Bobrovsky because that contract is just brutal and they yeah. want to get their money's worth. But I think if you want your best chance to win, it's probably Dridger at this point. Yeah, I think this might be – like I think Bobrovsky might start game two, but it'll be a thing like if he lets in a goal or two early, 
that'll be it for him. So uh, Sergey Bobrovsky looks like he might be uh, a little bit on the ropes. Uh, we do have some NHL to talk about today. Before we get uh, to all those games, we should talk some showdown because showdown uh, is something that's uh, very important. Before we get to that, I see a couple super chats. First, uh, from one from Clayton, five dollar super chat from Clayton. Wanted to thank you. Uh, I'm assuming that's me, uh, Josh, Jake, and all the awesome, awesome guys at Slack for making this my most profitable in NHL DFS year ever. That's awesome stuff to hear, Clayton. Um, we love to hear that not only that you did that you had a couple of good nights along the way, but it was sustained success enough to have a profitable season. It was a tough year, lots of you know late lineup swaps and stuff like that. So good on you, Clayton. Uh, thanks for sticking with it all year. Uh, let's keep this going uh, through playoffs. And I see Grade A Flicks as well, a $20 super chat. Thank you very much. Big shout to Cliffy, Josh, and my man, Jake Hurry. Tied for first in the Boston, Wash- Washington single game over the weekend. Took, Jake- took Jake's advice on Pasternak, then had Oshie at captain with the rest of Washington three. Great show, Arden from Yonkers. Shout out, Yonkers. Thank you very much for that $20 super chat. Uh, a little, the Yonkers a little bit closer to your neck of the woods than mine, right, Josh? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty close to Yonkers. And also, you know, like, we like being on the air in these shows, and, you know, we like doing these shows. So we need to get, you know, the viewership as good as we can. We need to get those likes. And I saw in the other show, Eric, you know, the show gets 1,500 likes. I'm going to shave a little piece of my eyebrow. I'm going to raise the bar a little bit to keep these eyes on the hockey shows. 2,000 likes. 2,000 likes. I will get a hockey-related tattoo, and it'll be a, a weird one. It could be Kermit in a Artie Zub jersey. It could be, you know, a character Sam Bennett with a big mustache. You guys follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. You can give me some crazy hockey ideas. It's got to be within reason. I want to keep it, you know, PG. I don't need to get an X-rated tattoo for you guys, but I will get a PG-rated goofy tattoo, hockey-related. 2,000 likes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get those hockey views up. Uh, all right, you guys out there uh, that are watching this show, you guys have a little bit of homework right now. You have to tell all your friends, all your family uh, to, at, at the very least, uh, like this video, tell them to watch this video as well. Josh is serious when he says that. He will absolutely get that tattoo. I've been pushing him for Kermit the Frog wearing an Artie Zoob jersey. Uh, what the final decision will be, we'll see. But yes, please. Try to get us to 2,000 likes. Tell as many people as you know. If we get to 1,000, uh, I'll put a poll out on Twitter. You can follow me there. I'll, I'll take a couple of my suggestions and a couple of your suggestions, throw it in the poll, and whatever one wins. And Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. We'll post it when it's done. There we go. So it's just that easy. Throw us a like. Tell as many people as you can uh, to give us a like. Throw it around in the Slack channels. Throw it around in your own Slack channels. Wherever you talk to people, make sure they know they have to give Josh Harris a like uh, if they want to see him tattoo something like Kermit the Frog wearing an Artem Zub jersey. Uh, on his body please help us out i really want to see this all right uh we do have some nhl to talk about let's talk showdown real quick uh showdown is something we're going to see those pretty much every night now um you have three separate showdown slates for just tonight alone 
Uh, there's a big one later tonight, St. Louis, Colorado, $5,000 to first, which was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the size of the full day slate yesterday. <laughs> so like there could be uh, some good showdown slates. Now we've talked about showdown a little bit before, but um, just to give people kind of the basics, uh, you have to pick for both teams. You have to have at least one player uh, from both teams. Uh, you have six roster slots with one captain. Your captain is worth one and a half points. So if they score 30 points, you add uh, half of that, which is 15 to give you 45 points total. Um, strategy, I think, is kind of the important thing here. And I just want to talk about one thing I want to talk about initially is full line goals because we talk about stacking a lot here because stacking is very, very important because you you stack your points up when you get those goals, right? You get those full line goals. You get that 20 points. It feels real good. The thing is, is that full line goals aren't something, aren't things that are super common. Like I just look from this year, from last year, just from a few lines that play together quite often, fewer than half. Now think of how much McDavid and Dreisaitl play together this year, both at five on five and the power play combined. Fewer than half of McDavid's goals were assisted by Dreisaitl this year. Over the last two years, 15 out of 55 goals or, you know, around 33%. Uh, no, a little bit more than that. Uh, uh, by McKinnon over the last two years were assisted by Gabriel Landeskog. So less than a third. This year, once David Pasternak got healthy at the end of January for Boston and Boston's top line was back together, Patrice Bergeron scored 20 goals after that point. Five of them were full line goals. And that line placed every single second together. I mean, pretty much, I think there was like two games where David Pasternak played down on the second line. But other than that, they played almost every single second together and only a quarter of that of their goals were full line goals. Full line goals aren't common. It's just that when they do happen uh, and like they do happen when you have eight or nine games on a slate. That's why we say to stack. Uh, They just don't happen as often when you only have one game on a slate. So you don't need the three man stack. You don't need the power play stack. You don't need you know, uh, all three guys off an even strength line or four forwards off a power play or something like that. Uh, to get ahead. Uh, And quite often, in fact, (laughs) you're not going to get anywhere doing that. Um, So that's one thing that I would say is that three-man full stacking isn't something that is as important uh, in showdowns as you might, as it might normally be on, you know, a seven games later, an eight games later, something like that. What are some tips that you think are important for showdown? Well, I mean, one line, uh, one lineup for showdown is a lot harder than it, it, it sounds. Like I'd rather play one lineup in a classic slate than one lineup in a showdown slate, especially because like you make your lineups based on how you think the game flow is going to be. And if you play one lineup and your game flow is wrong, you're going to not be even close to the money. So the uh, the big showdown tonight with 5K to first is the, the Colorado Avalanche Blues game. And I think, you know, we talk we always talk about how the the Avalanche are really good defensively, this and that. Their goaltending isn't great. So like, and you want to get in someone like a McKinnon. So something like I would probably do if I think, you know, the abs win this game handily, like five two something like that. And you don't want a full stack because that's just super expensive. And probably the expected value is probably negative there. So you, you, you might want to do something like McKinnon, Rantanen, McCarr. And then in your captain spot, you do, you have someone like, 
Graves who blocks shots and you hope you get like the block shot bonus. And then you get, you try to one off the guy on the blues that you think is going to score like a cheaper guy, like a Hoffman, something like that. Like you really, you have a couple of decisions to make on how you make lineups, right? You either have both goalies, which totally takes up your cap and you have to punt. You put in who you think is going to win and you have the winning goalie and then you still have to punt. Or you think, you know, it's going to be semi-high scoring and you th- and you think, um, you know, like, yeah, the, the winning goalie may have a good score, but he may not be on the optimal lineup. So you, you want to get those power play guys and then you have, you know, punt defensemen. You hope they get the combo meal bonuses. Like the biggest thing I can – the biggest – the best advice I can give you is, you know, if you're going to do MME, you just – you make groups in the optimizer on how you think game flow is going to be. One lineup, you just have to, you know, you know, it's your best guess, really. That's all, you know, it all really is. And you, you build according to how you think the game flow is going to be. Yeah, I think that's the game flow, I think, is probably the most important part of showdown. It's not something that we talk about a lot in NHL because it's not super important when you have an eight game slate or a 10 game slate or something like that, because multiple lines will get there, right? Like if you have a 10 game slate, you might have three or four different full lines that go nuclear on any given night. Like there might be one that, that is better than the other, but you might have like multiple lines vying for that second most popular stack. So like maybe you look in the $10 and there's, you know, Colorado one plus, you know, Boston two or something like that. And then you look in the $4 and it's Colorado one plus Washington two or something like that right like that happens a lot on bigger slates on smaller slates there's there's really there's a narrow avenue for you to win there's only one game flow to project and if you get that game flow wrong you're toast like if you think the game flow in st louis colorado tonight is going to be low scoring so you stack two goalies and a couple defensemen and it's a six five game you're there's just no hope of winning none so like you have to you have to nail the game flow and then you have to get the right players inside that game flow, which is like the point that you made about someone like Ryan Graves is, is the point there is like, if let's say Colorado gets out to a quick three, nothing lead here tonight, McKinnon has a goal, Landis Gog has a goal. Uh, you know, maybe Makara has a couple assists and then they kind of sit on that lead, right? That's where Graves can really rack up his value. He can get, you know, maybe he has an assist and then he racks up the block shots as Colorado sits back and something like that. And then he gains value through the game uh, because of that game flow. And that's where, you know, Graves and captain, even though you have McKinnon and Rantanen on your lineup, that's something that would win. And that's something that's important to, to think about when you're making your showdown lineups is you have to think about how, how is this game going to go tonight? Like, if you were looking at Minnesota Vegas yesterday and you thought this is going to be a goalie duel and you had Cam Talbot in your captain and you had Flurry in your in the lineup, you cashed. It's straight up you cashed. Uh if you if you thought it was going to be a 4-3 game and you had neither goalies and you had a bunch of forwards, you were nowhere near cashing. That's just the way it works. So, you have to think about the game flow when you're making your lineups. You have to think about uh you know, if this team gets out to a lead, who who's going to benefit? Like, you know, if Colorado gets out to a three nothing lead, who benefits after that? Well, it's defensemen that'll be blocking shots because you know you'd expect the opposition to shoot more, and it'll be the goalies saving those shots, right? So, goalies and defensemen in a blowout can be really can be very viable as a captain. So, um, 
game flow is probably the most important thing. Think about how you think that game is going to go and then and then plan that lineup accordingly. If you think it's going to be a 6-5 game, get a bunch of forwards from both lines, don't don't include any goalies. If you think it's going to be a one nothing, 2-1 low scoring game with a lot of shots like Minnesota Vegas yesterday, put both goalies and some defensemen in there. Get your get those saves and get those block shots in your lineups. Um you're not not every game is going to feature seven or eight goals. Margin of victory is going to be razor thin. We're talking a block shot or two uh, is going to mean the difference between maybe winning like 5,000 and winning like 500. Uh, so just really pay attention to game flow, stack accordingly uh, like that. Pricing is something like you have to pay attention to it, but typically like if you're looking for shot blocking defensemen and stuff like that, you're probably going to have one punt E punt ish or two in your lineup anyway. So pricing isn't something I'm, overly concerned with in showdown are you no and especially in the playoffs i wouldn't be afraid of using bottom six players especially on like the elite elite team like the abs like someone like alex Newhook. you know he could have a, you want to get him before you know if he has a couple big games before his price like skyrockets like he's someone who's going to be on the ice he's a skillful player yeah he might be on the third or fourth line tonight but he's gonna he's gonna play like he's a good player so don't be afraid to, you know, put that guy in the utility spot to jam in some more studs, something like that. You know, you know, on the blues, you know, like a Sammy Blay or something like that. Like just because they had a bad regular season doesn't mean they amp it up and have a good playoffs. We've seen, we've seen it all the time. Like guys who have mediocre regular seasons have great playoff runs like Sam Bennett. Like, I know that's kind of a bad example. Like, I don't know what the hell they're doing in Calgary right now, like how he couldn't crack the top six. But, like, he comes on into the Panthers. Like, he's in their top six, and he's he had a combo meal, two assists. Like, he, he had a huge game yesterday. Like, players like that. Like, you think, oh, Sam Bennett. Like, he couldn't even crack the Flames top six. Now he's just, like, every game he's a multi-point, multi-point scorer. So, like, like that's not going to happen every game. But, like, you find someone in the bottom six, like, I don't know, like a Nick Ritchie or, a, you know, a Carl Hagelin, something like that. Like, names – you know, that don't jump off the page, but, you know, they've done it in the playoffs before. So don't be afraid to use bottom six players. Yeah, bottom six players. And the point of this being the playoffs, I think, is the final point to make here. And it goes back to your point about shot blocking defense and stuff like that. You know, if you get a double overtime game or a triple overtime game, you want goalies and defensemen, right? Because the forwards aren't racking up. You know, they might add a shot or two or three through overtime, but if no one's scoring, they're not racking up big points. The big points are being racked up by the defensemen and the goalies. Uh, so that's another thing to keep in mind uh, for showdown for playoffs is that, you know, just think of that Tampa Columbus game last year that went like five overtimes or something like that. And, and, uh, uh, Corpusalo had like 90 saves or whatever, yeah. right? Like you, you won't get, you won't get a forward up to 23 shots on goal or something like that, but you will get a goalie, you know, up at around 70 saves if this goes to three overtime. So, um, that's another thing about rostering goalies and defensemen in showdown. Um, I don't have a whole lot left to say about this. Is there anything you want to add? No, but like going forward, you know, once these three game, four game first round slates are over, it's going to be mostly showdown. So, you, you know, if you're not comfortable playing like the higher dollar stuff, getting that mini max, if there is one, you know, learn how to make your groups in fantasy cruncher fool around with that stuff with game flow and, you know, 
get comfortable if you want to stick around for hockey because after this first round it's going to be a lot of showdown yeah that's that's a good way of doing it i think there yeah there is a mini max and they also do like a 25 cent 20 max so like there are ways to sharpen your uh fantasy cruncher skills for showdown without spending a lot of money all right that'll do it for uh, our little showdown like if you guys have any questions obviously just hit us up in slack we're going to be around <laughs> playing dfs uh probably right through to the finals so um just you know yeah exactly so just hit up uh either josh or i or jake any any of the people in slack will help you uh along with showdown but we do have to get uh to the games here today before we get to the games uh just want to remind everybody that if we get to 2000 likes josh is going to get uh some sort of weird hockey tattoo so please like please subscribe those subscriptions really help us grow this channel and don't forget uh, if you can't catch uh, all of our YouTube shows uh, live as they happen, you can head to osmo.com slash podcast. Check out what we have going on for our podcast. Almost all of our pods, almost all of our shows, sorry, go up in some sort of pod form other than our live before locks. Uh, leave a five-star review with your uh, Twitter handle or email address, uh, and you have a chance to win a free week of Osmo Plus Platinum, and that is good for up to one year, so you can win before next baseball season, before next football season, whenever. So head to osmo.com slash podcast. Check out what we have going on for pods. All right. Uh, let's get to our first game of the night. We have Boston with a 2.9 implied goal total going into Washington. The uh, or the Avs, the Caps have a 2.5 implied goal total. Uh, Craig Anderson looks like he's going to be going for Washington as Vitek Vanacek looked like he pulled his groin in that last game making a stretch save. So it's going to be Craig Anderson in that uh, I'm assuming against Tuka Rask. Uh, this is weird in the sense that Boston is favored on the road. And all that's really changed is Vanacek and Anderson. Like Boston was favored in the first game, uh, but they lost and Washington arguably looked better. Like I think Washington probably deserved to win that game. So that they ended up winning isn't uh, a big sweat. Uh, off my brow what do you what are you seeing in this game here like are you going all in on Boston because of Anderson do you think there's some ownership opportunities on Washington what do you like I mean for the most part I'm on team goalie skill doesn't really matter so like Craig Anderson he's done it before like he's not some yeah he's getting older he's at the end of his career but he's been in playoff games before this is nothing new to him so I mean For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would I increase my Boston ownership a bit? 
because Craig Anderson is in goal? Maybe, but it's not something I'm like, whoop, got to get in Boston now because Craig Anderson's in. It's not something that I'm, you know, overly concerned about. And another thing that the Caps did was they glued the Lars Eller line to the Boston top line um, in game one, which is a bit interesting. I guess, I mean, Lars Eller is probably, with Kuznetsov out, is probably their best defensive center. I mean, like Backstrom with Ovechkin, like Backstrom may be better than Eller, but Ovechkin's pretty bad defensively. And you don't really want Ovechkin going up against the Bergeron line. You want him freed up against, you know, the second line or the third line, whoever they send him out against. So I, I think there's stuff to like on both sides here because we've talked about it a lot this season. And yeah, the Hall trade has kind of stabilized their middle six. But after you get past the Bergeron, Marsha, and Pasternak line, Boston kind of falls off a little, like a lot. Well, since the Tower Hall trade, it's kind of evened out. But after, you know, Boston one's off the ice, Boston defensively, their numbers have dropped pretty good. So I don't have an issue going back to this uh, Washington top line tonight, Ovechkin, Baxter, Mantha. You know, they're not overly expensive. Mantha and Backstrom under 5000 Ovechkin's always the same price. He's either, you know, 8000 or 8300 something like that. They're fully correlated on the power play. There's going to be some power play chances in this game. They're going to avoid the Bergeron line for the most part. So, you know, they're probably going to, you know, I wouldn't say they're always going to have a plus matchup because, you know, it's playoff hockey, it's physical hockey. But, you know, they're not going to have an overly negative matchup going against Bergeron. So, I, I like the Washington top line here. Uh, the second line, you know, going against the Bergeron line kind of takes me off them. They are super cheap. So I don't mind taking a piece of like a Eller or a Shiri. And, you know, it's a three game slate and you're like, why? It's just because they're going to have so much time on the ice being glued to Bergeron. They're super cheap. You know, 20 minutes of Lars Eller at 3,600 on the second power play isn't the worst thing in the world. So you know, if you want to get a bit different, I don't mind going there. And then that third line, Sprong, Oshie, Wilson, they're going to get good matchups. Um, you know, Oshie's on the top power play, Sprong's not on the power play, and Wilson's on the second power play. But, you know, the power play correlation here doesn't matter. They're going to get a good five-on-five five matchup. So I don't mind using pieces. I don't know if I'd full stack that line, but I don't mind going like an Oshie, Sprong, or an Oshie, Wilson, something like that. So I think you can go there. And then the Boston top line, you know, their prices come down like they were 24, five, something during the regular season. So they're, you know, for them, they're cheap. And yeah, you know, Eller is their best, their best defensive center, but it's Sheary and it's raffle on the wing. So it's like nothing to write home about Boston. One's an elite line. They're fully correlated. Yeah. And if people want to play the narrative street, like, Oh, Craig Anderson's in net. I think, you know, Boston may be a tad over owned. I'm not sure how their leverage is, but I think, you know, if you're going to use Boston one, I have no issues with it. So you can go there. Uh, the Boston second line, you know, Hall, Krejci, Smith fully correlated on the second power play unit. That doesn't really mean much. You know, the Boston, the top unit is on the ice for most of the power play. So, I mean, I don't know if I'd full stack that second line going against Baxter Ovechkin. I'd probably, you know, have like a Hall, Krejci, two man, something like that. A Smith, Krejci, Smith, Hall. I don't know if I'd full stack there. And then on the third line, I think, you know, Nick Ritchie under 4,000 on top power play makes some sense as a one-off tonight. All right. I think I'm just going straight to Boston one. <laughs> like, Here's the thing. Like you talk about their price drop. This is what's running through my head is like towards the end of the season, we weren't playing Boston one a lot because you could tell that they were saving their ice time, right? Like Marshan and Bergeron and Pasternak were all playing like 16, 17 minutes, which is, which was nowhere close to where they normally play. And they were priced, like you said, around 24, five. We get to the playoffs 
in the first game, they all played over 21 minutes. Each per- person, at least over 20, all three players on the top line played over 20, if not over 21 minutes. Their price comes down $3,000. They get three more, four more minutes of ice time each. And they're going against Connor Sheary and Michael Roffel. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, I am so in on Boston 1 here today. Like, I agree with you that Lars Eller is probably their best two, is probably their best shutdown center. But Connor Sheary and Michael Roffel don't scare me at all. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, they just do not terrify me as a shutdown line. So if I'm going to get Boston in a plus matchup, Boston won in a plus matchup, $3,000 less than they were two weeks ago with more ice time than they were getting two weeks ago uh, at roughly the same ownership rate as Washington. And like, I realize Washington is a lot cheaper, but I feel like Boston is a considerably better line. Like, yeah, I just love Boston one here today. I love their price. I love their matchup. I love everything about this. Like, I know you say goalie skill doesn't matter. I'm on team. Craig Anderson is bad. Like that's the only, the, Old, here, this will interest you. The only goalie with a better goal saved above expected from 2017 through 2020 than Craig Anderson was Mar- Party Marty Jones. Literally the second worst goalie by goal saved above expected. Heart. <laughs> next to Martin Jones. So, like, if you're going to tell me Boston won, like I said, it's $3,000 cheaper, is getting more ice time, has a good matchup, and is coming in at roughly the same ownership as that Washington line, despite that price difference. Uh, yeah, I'm in on Boston one. I love them here today. I'm out on Boston two. Um, I do like that they're getting more ice time as well. But I think Boston three is where you can get a nice advantageous matchup. Like Oshi and Wilson, like Oshi's not a center. Wilson's not great defensively. Like that, I, I don't see how that line's going to be very good. I just like I struggle to see it. And I agree with you that Boston's third line isn't very good either. It's just I would rather, you know, I'd rather bank on the line that's using a center at center than using a winger at center, right? Like they're using two right wingers on that line. So I do like that third line, you know, throw like a two-man of Corrali and, and Richie. You get the PP one minutes for Richie, uh Corrali, nice and cheap in a good matchup. So I do like Boston three a little bit as a filler. I'm in heavy on Boston one. I'm out on Washington. I agree with you. I think Boston, Washington one is the play here. Um, I don't like, like I said, I think Washington three is going to be bad. Washington two going up against Boston is a no go for me. So yeah, I think it's Washington one or bust for me, but I'm going to be, I'm going to have some caps. Like I might have, I think I'm going to play 10 to 20 lineups here tonight. So I'm going to probably have, you know, one or two with caps one, but I think I'll have a lot more Boston. Yeah, their ownership is really high too. Listen. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing is like Boston, Washington one are both coming in at roughly the same ownership. I know Washington is cheaper. I'd just rather play Boston. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, on the blue line, Charlie McAvoy. I really like his price. Like we just talked about in our little showdown spiel uh, about defensemen. I know he doesn't shoot a ton, but he can block shots. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, he's under 5K. I like his price. Um, I don't even hate the idea of like a John Carlson one-off here tonight. I could see an avenue where Washington wins this game like 3-1. You know, first line gets a goal, second line gets a goal, empty netter, and Carlson has an assist on all three or something like that. So I don't mind Carlson as a one-off here tonight. Um, I don't know. Is there anybody else on the blue line you like? 
I don't mind Mike Riley, 3,300 if you need to punt. Um, you know, Grizzlick's kind of back in that price range where it's like, all right, maybe I can handle it if you're going to snack Boston one. Like before when Boston was 24-5 and Grizzlick was 6,100, like it was almost impossible to fit them in. But now with Boston one being cheaper and Grizzlick on the, you know, still on the top power play at 4,500, it's, you know, I get the play now. I think if it's a correlation play there. On the cap side, I'm not sure I'd really punt anybody. Brennan Dillon had a big game from like a stat stuffing perspective. Uh, he saw some good minutes. He's min price. If you need to go there, I don't mind that. But other than that, I'm on board with you on the Carlson one off and McAvoy for sure. Yeah. Brendan Dillon, like he's a guy, it just seems like at every 20 games, he just has a massive game out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, don't mind him uh, for a super cheap price like that call on Brendan Dillon. All right, before we go any further, I do have to mention today's show. Uh, today's show sponsor and our show is sponsored by Jock Market. If you haven't heard, Jock Market has turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange. Forget waiting until the end of the game to make money. Jock Market allows you to buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money with guaranteed payouts for all shares at the end of each night. With daily markets for NBA, MLB, NHL, and PGA, you can make real money every hour, every minute, every second of any match or game. Use the pregame IPO to pick up shares of your favorite players and buy, sell, or hold them during the game based on your own analysis. Download the app to get started and use our exclusive Osmo promo code NHL 20 for a $20 bonus on your first deposit. This is an exclusive offer for only the NHL Osmo community. Uh... So make sure to take advantage of it today. That's Osmo NHL 20 for a $20 bonus at our show sponsor, Jock Market. All right, moving along. Game two, Nashville, 2.3 implied goal total going into Carolina. Carolina has a 3.0 implied goal total. I think Nashville's implied goal total has actually come up a little bit through the day, and I think that might be due to Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin, game time decision uh, for Carolina. Um, I also saw Jake Bean is expected to run the second power play unit. Uh, he was running the second power play unit in practice. Just a couple defense notes there. Um, not We don't know who's in net for Carolina, but Alex Nedeljkovic was in the starters crease uh, at morning skate today. That's usually indicative of a starting goalie. So I'm assuming it's Nedeljkovic on, for Carolina. And then Nashville, UC Saros, who's been just absolutely in fuego for about two months now. Um, we don't have firm line combinations on Nashville, so this might be a little bit tough to project, but what do you like here, Josh? I think we both bet Nashville in this series just because, like, yeah, the Hurricanes might win, but the Predators shouldn't be two-to-one dogs in this series, I don't think. So I got them at plus 196, I think. Yeah, I got them at 198. I think they got up over 200 at some point, but, like, I wasn't just going to keep chasing money after the Nashville Predators. Yeah, and you know, so the Predators are going to healthy scratch. Um, what's his name? Who, who's the guy on the top line? I, my oh, name. Tolvanen. Tolvanen, yeah. So like Victor Arvison's back for the first time in a in a couple weeks. I would imagine they they put the band back together with Forsberg, Johansson, Arvidsson. Um The Carolina lines are a bit wonky too, right? Svechnikov's with Stahl. He, he's a game. Is Svechnik, There's a bunch of games. Yeah. For the- yeah, it, I know it seems like there's a bunch of game time tags, but it looks like just about everybody is going to play. Yeah, so like except for except for Slavin, who's the game time decision. Yeah, he's like a legit legit game time decision. Um, yeah, so I like Svechnikov as a player. I don't know. I haven't looked at his wallies 
you know, with Stahl. I know Stahl Niederreiter is the best defensive combo there. You know, Stahl, Foss, Sveshnikov, I would imagine is a pretty de- decent defensive line. Uh, they're going to get, you know, the Johansson line, assuming they're all together. Um, and, you know, the thing with Nashville here is I like to fade Nashville just because their ownership's always inflated for whatever reason. Here, it's not. And Carolina hasn't been – they've been a tad leaky defensively recently as well. So, like, if I can get a fully correlated line on the power play going up against the Hurricanes under 10%, I'm probably going to do it. Um, yeah, Johansson is what he is, but he's only 3,400. He gets an assist, the shot on goal, and a block, and you, you take it and yeah. run. Uh, you know, you want Forsberg and Arvidsson to do the work, and they're at 10-8, the two of them. Like, price here, the price and ownership is what's driving me to Nashville 1 here. I know they're going against Stahl, but, like, you're going to get me a line that's, uh, you know, 14 and change, under 10%, fully correlated, I'm going to play them. Uh, so I, I like Nashville one here. You start moving down. I would imagine the Ajo line is going to get that second line. Or no, it's going to be the Trocheck line. Either or. I mean, like, that that's, you know, a good matchup for the Hurricanes. So I'm kind of off the, the second line for Nashville here. If you want to, you know, one off of Michael Granlund at 1%, you know, for that top power play, that's fine. Um the third line, I'm probably not going to play them, but I would not talk you out of if you say, hey, I want to play Halla, Duchesne, two-man. There are 6,300, the two of them, they're going to let me get in Colorado power play. You know, I think that's an avenue where I would consider them. You know, if you can't do it with a Johansson, Arvidsson, you need the extra salary. I don't mind going to Halla, Duchesne, two-man if you're, you know, power play stacking the ass. So I think you can do that. On the Carolina side, uh, their ownership is really high, and that's to be expected. Um, you know that top line with Niederreiter up there is a bit interesting. Like, I don't know how many, I don't know how big of a sample they have. The three of them, um, you know, the power play correlation is a, a bit off too. You know, Niederreiter and Teravainen are on the second power play unit. Ajo's on the top power play unit. You know, the, their power play unit is split a, split across three even strength lines, which is kind of annoying. So, like. I think the play for Carolina is like if not to power play stack, I guess you could do like a Trocek, Svechnikov, stall, something like that. But I don't know if I want to do that. I think I would probably full stack here. I'd full stack the top line, you know, put all three of them in there. I know the power power play correlation isn't there, but it's it's similar to what you do with Florida one, you know, Barkov on the top power play unit. And you have Verhagen, Duclair on the second power play unit. Maybe their power play unit has changed, but like that's how they were for most of the season. And I think that second line's in play also, especially with Fogel there at 2,800. He brings down the cost of that line tremendously. I've been on Trocek and Netches all season. They've been great together. And then Fogel, you know, I think if you're going to go to Carolina too, you include Fogel there. It's going to get you those three, group of three at a lower percentage. And then, you know, I see the the ownership on Carolina three here around 20%. Uh, I like them, but at that ownership, I'm going to pass. Yeah, like that's a lot. Like we have... Uh, Carolina three uh, as the number five owned line on the night. And like, that's just that. I, I think that's a little bit crazy, but I, I completely agree with you on your point about not power play stacking Carolina. Like that was something we talked about a lot in the regular season, the Nashville penalty kill with and without Ryan Ellis is just completely night and day. Like he's an elite penalty killer and he makes a big difference for that team in that regard. So now that he's healthy, I agree with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't power play stack. Like, 
if you want to use a couple guys that are on the power play together, like if you want to use Aho Teravine, and like, yeah, that's fine because they also play five on five together. I wouldn't use Aho and Trocheck, like let's say, you know what I mean? So yeah, I agree with you there. I think the problem, here's the problem I have with Niederreiter on the top line and Svech on the third line is that I think it gives them three even lines, but it makes the top two lines slightly weaker. You know, you know what I mean? Like I think it makes the third line a lot better but I think it also slightly weakens the top two lines. So that's why like, I'm not super gung ho about stacking Carolina here tonight. Like, like here, here's the case in point. None of their lines as currently constructed, like this is, this was the team that was in line for the president's trophy right until the, like the last day of this well season still going, I guess, but uh, right up until Saturday um, none of their lines as presently constructed are at 54% expected goal share or above, but none of them are below 51%. That's the funny thing here is like, they're all good, but none of them are great. So like, I'm not super excited to stack Carolina here. Um, I, it's just that plus their ownership. It's, it's just not what, what you want. Like, Carolina's Carolina three's ownership is double their top two stack percentage. Carolina two's ownership is 50% higher than their top two stack percentage. Like Carolina one is the only one that is somewhat in line up around 18 or 19%. So yeah, I'm going to have some Carolina one here tonight. I'm not going to have any Carolina two. I'm not going to have any Carolina three. I am going to have some Nashville one. Cause I think Carolina three is their weakest line, even with Svechnikov there. And Nashville won. They've been good this year, not elite. They have been elite in the past, but like you said, at their price, fully correlated. Uh, I do like Nashville won here. They're probably my favorite line uh, out of this game, actually, when you consider price, ownership, upside, all that. Uh, Nashville won. I really do like them here uh, in this game. I think Nashville, too, gets run over by Carolina won. That's why I like Carolina won the most. Uh, so if I were if I were to stack lines out of this game, it would be either top line. I wouldn't look at the depth uh, on the blue line. As I said, Jake Bean uh, running the second unit. Uh, Jacob Slavin game time decision. If he's out, Jake uh, uh, Brady Shea should probably see a lot more minutes. So I do like Shea here. Assuming Slavin is out, what else do you like? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of defensemen I like. You know, Dougie is good. Obviously, his ownership is going to be pretty high tonight. You look on the on the Nashville side, like Yossi at six percent, Ryan Ellis at two percent. Those are guys I want to play uh, at that ownership, especially Yossi at six percent. Yossi hasn't been under twenty percent all season. <laughs> uh, he's cheaper than Dougie. Get him at a fifth of the ownership. Yeah, it's probably going to creep up during the day. I would imagine he comes in, you know, twelve fifteen percent. But Yossi Ellis are guys I want to play. Ekholm under four thousand is someone I want to play. If Slavin's in, I'm interested in him. If he's out, Brady Shea bumps up big time for me. Yeah, um, that's what we're waiting for. I do like Brady Shea. I just got to be worried about, like, if you're using him and Slavin, Slavin is in, uh, he may not get the minutes that you want. So, uh, you know, you might have to uh, late swap. Like, you can swap to Brett Pesci. Like, if, if Slavin's in, you know, swapping uh, from uh, Shea down to Brett Pesci, I think it's just fine. All right, let's move it along. Uh, First, I want to ask you about goalies in this one. I think this is probably where I'm going to be taking my goalies from. Love Saros, love his price in this matchup. I'm assuming you do too. I like both goalies in this game. Uh, Saros is a GPP play for sure. Uh, 
Nedeljkovic is more of a cash style play, but you know, UC Saros at 7,500 against a team with shot volume that has had trouble scoring recently. Sign me up. Sign me up. Yep. Completely agree with you on that. Uh, we got, uh, we got a little special going on here at Osmo.com new Osmo plus users with nearly every DFS sport in season, the NBA on their way to the playoffs and NHL now in the midst of their playoffs. It's a great time to be a DFS player. Pick up your first month of Osmo plus platinum for 25% off. When you use a promo code gold rush, that's promo code gold rush, all one word, all in caps. This includes full access to the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, lineup builder, and a whole lot more. You won't want to miss this one. This valid it, this offer is valid through May 20th, so the end uh, Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Osmo Plus today by heading to Osmo.com and using the promo code GOLDRUSH. That's all one word, all in caps, for 25% off your Osmo Plus Platinum package. And if you're new to watching us, because maybe some people are just tuning in to see what uh, what tattoo Josh is going to get, uh, we have some free premium tools and data up on the site that you can check out for today and see what we have to offer and see if you want to maybe use that promo code GOLDRUSH. Uh, for today, we have NHL player projections uh, free on the site. We have MLB top pitchers also free on the site and we have PGA ownership for this week. So whether you're playing NHL or MLB tonight or PGA later this week, we have free premium tools and data up on the site to help everybody out. And don't forget, if you want to sign up, that's promo code GOLDRUSH, all one word, all in caps for 25% off your Osmo Plus Platinum package for new Osmo users. Okay, final game of the night. We've got five or six minutes to get through it. Lots of time. St. Louis 2.1 implied gold total going into Colorado. The Avs have a 3.4 implied gold total. We've got Bennington versus Grubauer in net. Vladimir Tarasenko is good to go. David Perron and Vince Dunn are not. Perron is on the COVID list. Dunn is still injured. Um, Colorado looks fully healthy, I think, except for Bo and Byram. That's not nearly enough to really change anything on that side. I think the implied goal total here really speaks to just how lopsided this matchup is. But St. Louis did win some games against Colorado this year. They did have a couple big games as well. So it's not like it's a foregone conclusion that this is a 5 nothing Colorado final. So why don't you break it down for us, Josh? Yeah, so obviously Colorado won. They're really expensive. They're the most expensive line of the night. But their ownership is kind of in check, which is, you know, dra- gravitating me towards Colorado 1. There's not much to say about Colorado 1, really. Like, they're one of the most elite lines in the NHL. They're going to score. They're going to play 20, 21, 22, 23 minutes. So if you want to play them, play them. Like, I'm probably going to play them. But there are other lines on the Avs that I really like as well. I like the second line. Don't get me wrong. But this third line is super cheap. Brandon Sod's there instead of Donskoy. You know, Sod is sixteen hundred cheaper than Donskoy. They're comparable offensive players. I'd probably argue that Sod's probably a bit better than Donskoy offensively. They're going to get the bottom six of the Blues, which is a mess right now. Uh, Sod, Yost, Nishushkin. Uh, they are what sixty nine, ninety. They're under ten thousand for the full line, let you get in Boston power play. 
you know, they're going to get the bottom six of the blues. We've talked about this ad nauseum. If you want to get exposure to lower owned spots in a high total ownership game, you go to the second, you go to the third lines. This third line is one of the better, if not one, if the best third lines in the league. So, you know, their ownership's under 4% going against the blues, third line, fourth line, whatever it is. I really like it. You want to use that second line. It's perfectly fine. Burkowski, Kadri, Donskoy. The thing that does worry me is they're, they're higher owned right now than the top line. So I'm probably going to be out on the second line just because of ownership. And I go, you know, that first line, third line, three game slates are a good time to Josh stack as well. So like, this is a Josh stack opportunity. I'm not high on Bennington at all. Yeah. Jo- goalie still doesn't matter. I just talked about that with Craig Anderson. I just, Maybe it's a bad bias, but I, I just don't like Bennington. So I think you can do the top line. You can take parts of the third line. You can put in Makar with them, Josh stack them, uh, especially if you think the game flow is going to be like, you know, 6-1, you know, they, they blow them out, something like that. So I think there's a lot to like on the Avalanche side. On the blue side, I'm out on the O'Reilly line without Perron. Uh, they're going to get the McKinnon matchup as well. There's not many matchups that are good going against, you know, going into Colorado. Uh, Terry Sanko's back. I imagine he's in between uh, Shannon Bozak, which, you know, like Braden Shen on the wing. I'm not really sure what the Blues are doing there. I prefer him at center. Um, he is on the top power play, though. So if you want to use that line, I think, you know, on a three-game slate, it's hard to dismiss, you know, lines because you know, there's only so many options. You have to at least give cons- some consideration. Um, you know, Kadri Burakovsky, Donskoy is probably the line you can have defensively, but like even their numbers have been really good. So like, I'm just grasping at straws here. Like, I think if I was going to do anything on the blues, I probably went off my coffin just for that top power play. Uh, he's 4,300. He's the one, you know, he's been scoring a bunch of power play goals. So if I think I was going to do anything on the blues, it'd be Hoffman one off. Okay. So. I hear you on Colorado too in their ownership. I have a hard time believing that that those three players are going to be 22 plus percent here tonight. It's going to come down. Yeah. I think that's going to come down. Tarasenko's playing with Bozak and Barbashev. They have Schwartz, O'Reilly and Shen all on the top line. That, that morning skate actually just came out while we were on the air. Uh, So the second line is Barbashev, Bozak, Tarasenko going up against that cadre line. Kadri's line this year, 66% expected goal share. Uh, when they have uh, when they have anybody else but Junis Donskoy there, it's 60%. This has just been a foolishly good line all year long. I think they're going to throttle that St. Louis second line. I think Colorado 3 is going to throttle that St. Louis third line as well. Yeah. So, like, I, like, I have no problem playing Colorado 1 here tonight. Anybody wants to play him, go ahead. The only Colorado one, like I have 10 lineups made so far. The only Colorado one I have so far are in some sort of Josh stack. Um, I'm not playing Colorado one by themselves. I love the depth here more. I love that second line. I love that third line. They have they have wonderful matchups going into those second and third lines here from St. Louis. Um, you talked about that third line ownership down, you know, 3%. Um, Brandon Saad. Brandon Saad's 2,600, and he's averaged 27 goals per 82 games over the last three years. Like, this guy's a perennial 25-goal scorer, and he's priced at 2,600, and he's in a plus matchup. Um, Really love Colorado second and third lines. On the blue line, um, I'm not playing anything from the St. Louis side, by the way. Uh, On the blue line, nothing really sticking out uh, other than correlating. I do like the idea of playing Devin Taves uh, with the Colorado depth. What do you think? 
Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, Taze is my favorite. If you're not using the top line, Makar obviously makes sense with them. Taze is my favorite one off or with Colorado depth. If you want to use Graves, that's fine. I think he's more of a showdown play just because he doesn't get power play time. And if the abs do go up big, you know, as we talked about, he's going to block some shots. Gerard also fine on the blue side. No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I agree with that completely. Um, just want to give another thank you to our show sponsor, Jock Market. Uh, be sure to head over to Jock Market and use the promo code AwesomeONHL20 when you sign up. Please subscribe. Uh, those subscriptions really help. And click the bell if you want to get notified whenever we come back on the air. Josh, I'm going to ask you for your hat trick pick here in a second. My hat trick pick, the returning man for tonight, Mr. Victor Arvidsson. I predict three goals from him here tonight. What do you have? I am going, man. No, I already used them already. Can't go back to that well. What, are you going to say Dongskoy? I was. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to go off the board a bit here and say Anthony Mantha. Anthony Mantha. I like it. Well, you said you you don't mind Washington one here tonight. Anthony Mantha. I have Victor Arvidsson. Those are our hat trick picks for tonight. But we got to wrap it up and get out of here. Uh, good luck tonight, everybody. Good luck in that 20K. Shout out Dustin Drobmarecki. He finally took down the sticks last night. boy, Dustin. Love to see that. For producer Tyler, for Josh Harris, Jake will be back with you guys here tomorrow. Good luck here tonight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.